This morning's reading is from Galatians 5, 2 through 6. Look, I, Paul, am telling you that if you have yourselves circumcised, having Christ won't help you. Again, I swear to every man who has himself circumcised that he is required to do the whole law. You people who, who are trying to be made righteous by the law have been estranged from Christ. You have fallen away from grace. We eager, eagerly wait for the hope of righteousness through the Spirit by faith. Being circumcised or not being circumcised doesn't matter in Christ Jesus, but faith working through love does matter. song by Frank Sinatra uh, called uh, My Way, and the opening words to that song uh, I want to recite for you. Some of you probably know them, but it begins, it says, and now the end is near, and so I face the final curtain. My friend, I'll say it clear. I'll state my case of which I'm certain. I've lived a life that's full. I have traveled each and every highway, but more, much more than this, I did it my way. Now, we like to do things our way and, and to do them on our own. You think about <clears throat> kids and how pretty quickly, you know, pretty early in life, they kind of develop this no, I want to do it for myself kind of mentality. You know, you're trying to do something for them, and they're like, no, no, I'm going to do it, right? This is this drive towards self-determination, all right? I want to do it my way, not your way. I think about students, you know, in all my years of, of teaching, and how very often students... Don't follow the directions, right? And it doesn't matter the age. I've had it with freshmen. I've had it with graduate students. But you give them instructions. Here's how the assignment is to be completed. Here's what the question is. Here's how you should do this. And they just decide, nah, I'm going to do something different. I, I tell them, like every time, I'm like, okay, you're writing a research paper. Don't cite Wikipedia, and it never fails. I get citations from Wikipedia, right? I had, uh, I had one assignment where the students were supposed to follow two Christian, and I am emphasizing Christian, blogs throughout the, the class, and they had to kind of respond to the different articles and postings on it. At the end of the semester, I had a student who had followed a Muslim blog and an atheist blog. I was like, what? How did you sit through this class and not realize that those are not Christian? Right? They want to do it their way, not my way, not the way it's supposed to be done. But adults are not off the hook either because we sometimes don't like to slow down and follow the instructions either. If you've ever put together furniture, especially if that furniture is from Ikea or somewhere like that. I hate 
like the instructions that often come with furniture. Because so often, I think it's to get around language barriers, they don't like to use words, they like to use pictures. Sometimes those pictures are not very helpful. And so the temptation is, eh, I think I can do it on my own. I, I think I know how this goes together. And invariably, when I do that, I use the wrong screw at the beginning, the wrong length, and it either goes all the way through the wood and pokes out the other side. That's worst case scenario. Or I find out that later on, I need that piece somewhere else. And what do I have to do? Well, I have to take the whole thing apart, and I have to start over again. Because instead of doing it the way I was supposed to do it, I wanted to do it my way. And you've probably had similar experiences. And how did that work out for you? Probably not very well. Well, in Galatians, what we are reading about is a church that wanted to do it their way. They wanted to do salvation their way and to take it into their own hands. And so the, the big picture here, right, the uh, sort of the case that they're dealing with in the moment is the issue of circumcision and conversion to Judaism. And so and the, the scripture that, that Brooke read was focusing on uh, circumcision. So should, should these Galatians allow themselves to be circumcised. And so Paul says, I'm telling you that if you have yourself circumcised, having Christ won't help you. I swear to you that every man who has himself circumcised, that he is required to do the whole law. You people who are trying to be made righteous by the law have been estranged from Christ. You have fallen away from grace. So he says that it, by taking matters into their own hands, by thinking that they can do something, right, that you're trying to be made righteous by the law, by something that you do, what you've done is you have estranged yourself from Christ. You have fallen from grace. They, they, their, their actions, they missed two important points by trying to save themselves through circumcision and through obedience to the law, in essence, by converting to Judaism. The two points that they missed were, one, that the covenant that God had made with Abraham already included the salvation of Gentiles. They did not need to become Jewish to be saved, because long ago, God had already told Abraham that through you and your descendants, all the families of the earth will be blessed. So they were already included in that. And the second point that they missed was that justification, this this, um, state of being declared righteous by God, where God looks at us and instead of condemning us for our sin, he says, no, I'm I'm going to view you as righteous. I'm going to forgive you of your sins, that, that that act of justification is grounded in faith, not in the Torah, not in the law. And again, we see this with Abraham. 
because in Genesis 15, when God took Abraham out one night to look at the stars, and he said, you know, look at the stars, however many stars there are in the sky, that's how many descendants you'll have. And Abraham, it says, believed God, and God considered him righteous because of it. God credited it or reckoned it to him as righteousness. And so Paul, Paul looks at that and says, well, look, Abraham was declared righteous because of faith, because he believed what God told him. And in fact, the law hadn't even been given yet at that point. That didn't happen for hundreds of years until Moses. And even circumcision, which God did give that to Abraham, he did command him that he and all of his male descendants had to be circumcised, that hadn't happened yet either. That happens two chapters later. And Paul says, look, Abraham was already righteous. He was already justified before circumcision and before the law. Therefore, justification, salvation, is not dependent upon those two things. And so those are the two points that the Galatians have missed by trying to take matters into their own hands. But you could still ask, well, what's the big deal about going ahead and doing these things just in case? You know, sometimes people will say, well, maybe it's true, maybe it's not, but let's play it safe. I'm going to play it safe. I'm going to go ahead and, and you know, kind of cover myself just in case I need to do this. What's the harm in going ahead and doing it anyway? Why not say to the Galatians, eh, you know, I don't think you really need to do these things to be saved, but let's play it safe. Go ahead and do it anyway. According to Paul, though, if they do that, what they are, what they are doing is they are putting their faith in something other than Christ. They're saying, we don't, we're not convinced, we don't trust that faith in Christ is enough. They're putting their faith in something else. They're putting their faith in their own observance of the law. And according to Paul, if they do that, they are obligated to keep the entire law. Because the law is good, right? The law came from God. It really does teach us how God wants us to live. But if, if our belief is that it really comes down to whether or not we keep these rules, then, well, how do we measure up? Right? How well did we keep these 613 laws? Because if you break any of them, You've, you've blown it, right? Your, your, if, if this is God's standard for what righteousness looks like and you fall short of that, then you're not righteous. You, you messed up. You, you broke the law and you deserve punishment. And so he says it can't come that way. Now he's not saying the law is bad. He's not, not even saying circumcision itself is bad. It's about motivation. Why are they doing it? And what does that say about their faith? It's not bad. I mean, even Jesus said not one stroke of the law would pass away. And Paul himself elsewhere 
in the book of Romans, Romans 3, he says, hey, is, this, is, is circumcision worthless? No, it's not. It set Israel apart as the chosen people of God. That's a good thing. But ultimately, he says here, circumcision doesn't matter one way or the other. Right? So he says in verse 6, being circumcised or not being circumcised doesn't matter in Christ Jesus. But faith working through love does matter. We could substitute in there when he says being circumcised or not being circumcised. We could substitute in there being Jewish or being Gentile. This is kind of what I preached on last week. That in Christ there is neither Jew nor Gentile, slave nor free, male nor female. These categories don't matter. There are no barriers, there are no boundaries, no, no different social groups within the body of Christ. We are all one in Christ. So he says, ultimately, it doesn't matter if you're a Jew or a Gentile, you're included in God's plan of salvation. The problem for these Galatians is not that they are circumcised or not circumcised, not that they are Gentiles or Jews. The problem is, what's their motivation? Why are they allowing themselves to be circumcised? Why are they taking on the law? What's your motivation? Are you trying to be made righteous by the law? Are you trying to earn salvation through external means? In essence, are you saying, I'm going to do it my way? I'm not going to do it your way. I'm going to, I'm going to do it for myself. I'm going to take matters into my own hands. Because once you do that, you're no longer trusting in Christ. The person's coming out on the boat to save you and say, Nah, I think I can make it to the shore. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to go for it. And they're coming out to save you. And you start swimming away from them. Can you make it? That's what you're doing. That's what they were doing. And what Paul says, when you've done that, he says, you have estranged yourself from Christ. Actually, the, the Greek word that he uses there, a little bit stronger than estranged. It's you have cut yourself off from Christ. You've separated yourself from Christ. And he says, in that sense, you have fallen from grace. Christ offered to save you, and you said, no thanks, I'm going to do it for myself. By trying to do it my way, we say no to Christ and his offer of grace. Now, we are not first century Galatians. We are not uh, dealing with the Jew-Gentile circumcision or not circumcision debate. That is not our context. So what does this look like for us? Right, again, like I said last week, we're reading someone else's mail. And we're trying to make it speak to us when it didn't originally speak to us. So what do we get out of this? What we get out of this is a question. And that question is, what is our faith in? 
Is our faith in ourselves? Are we having faith in ourselves? I can do it. I believe in myself. You know, I, be, I believe I can pull myself up and be a good person and keep God's law? Is our, is our faith in our good deeds? Well, I think, I think I've done enough good. I think I've, uh, you know, if you, if you stack everyone up, I, I think I come out on, on, on the good side. If you weigh my good deeds and my bad deeds, I think, you know, the good, the good side would win. That's all great. That, that should be true. I hope we are all good people. I hope we all obey God's law. But is that what our faith is in? Is, it, is our faith in our identity, our membership in the church? I had a conversation with someone um, a couple weeks ago about church membership. Church membership's a good thing. I like church membership. It looks good, right? It looks good for me, actually, right? I was happy when we had confirmation and we brought in 11 new members into the church. It makes me look good to the DS. But really, what does it matter? If you look at most churches in our country, the membership role is at least double what the attendance is, if not more. It's just a name on a list. Does it really mean anything? Because there are a lot of people, I think, who think, well, I was baptized. I went through confirmation. You know, I'm a member of this church. I maybe go twice a year. That's good, right? Well, I guess it's better than nothing, but if that's what your faith is in, and even if you show up every single week, if that is what your faith is in, you're trusting in yourself. I woke up Sunday morning and I went to church. I am going to heaven. Now, I like that you wake up on Sunday morning and come to church, but that will not get you to heaven. Is our faith in even holding the right beliefs? This is a tricky one. Because beliefs matter. I am a theologian, right? I'm a pastor, but you know, in, there are many different types of pastors. And I am really the pastoral theologian type, right? I like Greek and Hebrew. I like understanding what the Bible says and what it means. Because I think it matters. I think it matters that we believe the truth. But is that what saves us? Because many people believe that, well, if I believe in God, and I believe the right things about God, then I'm saved. It's that we've reduced being a Christian to being right, to guessing the right answers on a multiple-choice test. And, that, and we say that that's what saves us, because I got it right. I don't think that's true either, because again, we've reduced it to something that we did. We 
figured it out. We were smart enough to figure the truth out. All of these things, if done with the thought that they save us, ultimately amount to trying to do it our way. They are our equivalent of circumcision. They are our equivalent of obeying the law or of converting to Judaism. But the truth is that salvation rests on the faithfulness of Christ, not us. It is something that Christ does, not something that we do. We're like the guy out in the water whose boat has flipped over and he doesn't know how to swim. He is hopeless and wholly dependent upon someone else to get him out of there. Our salvation rests on Christ's faithfulness to God's commands, which we cannot keep, to his faithfulness to, Christ, to God's plan, which led to the cross, and in our trust in, in Christ's faithfulness to save all who come to him. Now, I want to balance that by saying that doesn't mean that we just profess faith, I have faith in Jesus, and then we do nothing. It doesn't mean, well, if I can't save myself, then I'm not even going to try. I'm not even going to try to obey the law. I'm not even going to worry about what I do or how I live. Because I believe in Jesus, and I believe Jesus will save me, and I have faith, and so I can live however I want. That, that is a misreading of what Paul is saying here. He is not saying, the, let's just chuck the law out the window. The law is still the law. It still shows us how God expects his people to live. And... What, what Paul refers to here as faith working through love, he says, being circumcised or not circumcised doesn't matter in Christ Jesus, but faith working through love does matter. There is a role that we play. See, if someone comes out to save me, and they pull me into their boat, and I decide... I'm going to jump out of this boat. Maybe you can pull me out again, I guess, but I'm not going to stay in your boat. I'm going to rock your boat and make it flip over too. Well, that's very counterproductive, right? You shouldn't do that. All right? I need to, whatever I did to make that boat flip over last time, I shouldn't do it again. Faith working through love. Faith leads us to work. People, you know, Protestant theology, right? We throw around words like salvation by faith or salvation by works as though works and faith are completely, you know, antithetical to one another. But they're not. It just matters what the order is because the works flow from the faith. They are the consequence of the faith. What James describes, James says, you know, show me 
your faith without works, and I'll show you my faith by my works. Right? Our faith needs to be demonstrated, to be real. But the question that still always ought to be in the back of our minds, the question we ought to always be asking, as we work out our faith, as we live out our faith, is what is our motivation? In doing good works, in, in giving money on Peace with Justice Sunday, are we trying to earn salvation? Or are we living out the faith that we have in Christ's power to save us? Because that's what counts. That's what matters. That's what we call saving faith. Amen? Let's pray. Dear Lord, we thank you that when we could not save ourselves, you saved us. You made a way, despite our failures and our inabilities, for us to be pulled out of the power of sin and brought into salvation. And it is not because of anything that we do, but it is because of what you have done. So Lord, help us to live as people of faith, knowing that it is not us, but it is you. It is your power. On this Pentecost Sunday, when we reflect upon the sending of the Holy Spirit to indwell your church, let us remember that it is still the Holy Spirit within us that enables us to live out your law. It is still by your grace. So Lord, help us to, in gratitude for your grace, to live lives that are rooted in faith, faith that expresses itself through works and obedience. Through Christ our Lord we pray.